Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is drive time. I'm Elliot Dang. And together with Chua Tian Tian right now for Market View. And you know, at the end of July, I am going to be taking Singapore Airlines, uh, obviously on a flight to, uh-huh. to my next holiday. Okay. Um, and as you brought up this story, I'm kind of like in a quiet competition with Tim because I plan to show him my in-flight meal. Mm, are you going to uh, spend all your miles on uh, a business class seat? No, I don't think I'm going to do that. But uh, hopefully with today's news about sets, uh, maybe I get a better in-flight meal. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay, that's coming okay. up in a while. But first, uh, let's uh, recap how we started the day. <laughs> you're, you're getting me, you know, I, I feel like I need to scratch that holiday itch again and uh, travel yeah, again. But, yeah, uh, I think you should. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So back to the Singapore stock market. Singapore shares opened higher today after... European markets ended mixed amid concerns over the U.S. debt deal and Mm. rate hike possibility. So in early trade, the Straits Times Index was up 0.1% to 3,197 points. Some 41.6 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Now, after the closing numbers, the benchmark Straits Times Index closed down 0.24%. We ended in the red at 3,187 points. In terms of value turnover, we are looking at 800. And 12 million sing dollars. Now, gainers trailed losers 256 versus 266. Top advances iFast, New Incorporation USD, and Plato Capital. And top decliners for today, we have Jardin Psycho and Carriage, JMH USD, and DBS. Now, in terms of companies to watch today, we have SETS. Yep. Now, this in-flight caterer and ground handler saw uh, earnings of uh, six million sing dollars for the second half year ended March, which is a sixteen point seven percent decrease year on year, and comes despite revenue increasing by fifty seven point one percent. We will tell you how that SIA appetizers come in and how whether that will have a bearing on uh, SET's performance yeah. going forward. But elsewhere, all eyes on Washington. The House set to vote on the US debt ceiling deal. And aside from that, more corporate news from BYD's bid to supply EVs to Indonesia's largest taxi operators to the trading of three new Thailand blue chip names on the SGX. So Shaker Jaiswal, Head of Equity Research from RHB Bank Singapore, joins us live on the show. Shaker, welcome. Thank you, Tian Tian. And Shika, let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How did the STI fare today? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers? Well, it was flat for the day. Uh, down 7 points, 0.24%. Uh, non-event, you would say so. But obviously, there were some outliers. Uh, two stocks did really catch our attention. First one was Olam Group, uh, which I think ended the day at uh, down 5.5%. Yeah. Uh, this came on the heels of the company announcing that, you know, the Olam Agri IPO and the concurrent dual listing in Singapore and Saudi Arabia, which I think originally was planned to be completed by the first half of this year, will now be delayed. Uh, they mentioned that, you know, the necessary regulatory approvals required for launching this transaction has not yet been obtained. Now, Olam Agri is about 65% owned by Olam Group, which is listed here in Singapore. And the equity valuation of Olam Agri was expected to be around $3.5 billion U.S. dollars. And the other company that obviously you've mentioned in your introduction as well, which caught our attention, was SATS, uh, down about 4.3% uh, at the end of the day. Obviously, on the back of below market expectation results, uh, full year core profit at about close, sorry, core losses at about twenty seven million sing dollars. Mm. Uh, Shekhar, just to expand a little bit on uh, Sats, uh, what does all of that mean then? Are they going to pass uh, that cost increases on to the customers? Am I going to lose my watermelon slice when I sit on the plane? <laughs> 
Well, that's a good question, but you need, do need to realize that, you know, SATS is coming off from a lower base. You know, there's a COVID base, a post-COVID recovery. So, you know, operating activity is starting to pick up. So much of the operating expenses that they saw in increase was in the back of increased business activity and as well as the fact that you need to keep in mind there is inflation to account for. Yeah. You know, the staff cost was up about 10% quarter on quarter, but you do need to note that there is definitely wage inflation because the cost of staff increased faster than the number of staff that they hired. Uh, we saw the same story for their raw materials. We saw the same story for their uh, premises, utility expenses, obviously energy, high energy prices are starting to creep in. Now, all this inflation is expected to sustain. Uh, increase in expenses will also sustain simply because we are expecting a recovery in the operating activity and revenue is going to go up. Now, the bigger question here is, as you asked, will they be able to pass on the higher cost? Well, I think there is scope for passing on some cost to the end customers, but not all cost increases. Uh, just to quickly highlight, you know, even if you look at the SAT's outlook statement, they do recognize that the uncertain macroeconomic conditions could actually further impact consumer and business spending in the times to come. And, you know, this along with the fact that there's a slower pace of recovery in China would mean, you know, its customers would be a bit more reluctant to accept higher prices right away. Right. And uh, let's stay on sets, right, uh, Shekhar? The firm's chief executive, Kerry Mock, told our sister publication, The Business Times, that the restoration of appetizers by SIA from June, that will boost its top line going forward because sets handles about 60% of SIA's food volume. How significant is this, though? Well, it's significant for both SIA as well as for that. Now, SIA, it's, it's a bigger announcement simply because, you know, they are bringing back those appetizers for economic class meals, irrespective mm. of if flying medium long haul or ultra long haul. And these were taken off the meal trays uh, for operational and supply chain reasons and also for the fact that they were trying to reduce some food wastage. Now, you need to keep in mind, SI has just recently reported strong profit. Uh, so the recorded annual uh, reported profit was about $2.16 billion for the fiscal year 22-23. Yep. They just rebounded from a loss. So there is definitely money in the bank. Uh, this strong return to profitability, plus also you need to keep in mind, businesses are starting to compete a lot more. Other airlines are launching more flights. So there is a risk of increased competition from not just Asian airlines, but global airlines. So I think, you know, it's prudent for SI to try and rebuild its image of being world-class. A key point here to note is, you know, SI did highlight that their current budget for in-flight meals is 20% mm. higher than FY19, which is pre-pandemic. Mm. And even though they're expecting to carry lesser number of passengers than the pre-pandemic, so clearly indicating they're willing to spend more to retain the customer loyalty now, this is positive for SATs. As you mentioned, they handle like 60% of SIA's food volume. And also the fact that food aviation-related food business actually accounts for almost 30% of its top line in FI23. Mm. Okay, uh, Shanghai, I want to bring up these uh, three Thailand blue chip names that began trading on the Singapore Exchange uh, as Singapore Depository Receipts today. Uh, talking about convenience store chain operator, CP All, airport operator, airports of Thailand, and PPT Exploration and Production. Now, what are Singapore depository receipts and how did these three players fare today? Sure. I mean, it, it's a fairly simple structure. It's an instrument that will allow the investors here locally to have a beneficial interest in any underlying security that's listed on the overseas exchange. Now, in this case, this is a Thai exchange. Uh, you know, Singapore investors will have more efficient access to regional markets. They can trade through their local brokers and at the same time gain exposure to overseas listed securities. Uh, now, the idea here is 
these are excluded investment products which means they are suitable for investors who expect a low to moderate likelihood of loss on their principal investment amount with generally smaller potential returns so you don't expect a lot of volatility and excitement to happen on these uh, instruments on the exchange uh, the three names as you mentioned clearly are the marquee names they are part of the thai benchmark set 50 index they together account for almost 18% of the benchmark weight in thailand and as expected the products are expected to perform all three sdrs on no price change at the end of market close today right uh, if you're just tuning in we are now speaking to shekhar jaiswal head of equity research at rhb bank singapore and shekhar let's take a look at some of the headlines making news around the region indonesia's largest taxi operator bluebird will turn to byd for 80% of its ev fleet and it's reviewing orders for tesla based on uh, what it calls return on investments so is byd the equivalent of toyota in the ev space right now and While price competition is heated, will EV players eventually find a niche space that they each operate in in a long term? Say Tesla for high end EVs, BYD for mainstream, and etc. Right, that's a very interesting question. But uh, I need to put some context here, and also need to highlight the fact that it's too early to come to such conclusions. Yeah. Uh, just to give you a perspective here, you know, in the first quarter, twenty three. Uh, BYD delivered about close to 265,000 electric vehicles. Now they saw an 85% jump year on year. Tesla, still the biggest EV supplier, is about at close to 423,000, also up 36% year on year. Now Tesla technically sells more, but BYD is coming in as a more formidable competitor. I mean, it's eyeing overtaking Tesla this year. as the world's top ev maker mm-hmm. they're looking to double their capacity to reach about 3.6 million vehicles sold globally in terms of numbers but it's not all about the numbers you know byd started out as a battery company yep. that now also makes and sells cars so it has secured access to heaps of raw materials required to make evs ah, and batteries, okay right? yeah and it has a firm grip on the supply chain and has moved towards a more vertically integrated model while nailing the technology tesla is a technology company which is still reliant on a long and deep network of suppliers in China and where it gets its power packs from and it's actually tapping into BYD as well mm. now the pricing strategy is also evolving uh, BYD sells lower priced EVs in large volumes and Tesla is considered a luxury brand so a Tesla EV in China could cost double of what a BYD EV sells and the two don't compete directly in all segments of the car market yet the important part is yet With the withdrawal of decades-old EV subsidy in China, I think end of last year, BYD started to raise prices for its vehicles and released high-end line of EVs. Tesla, meanwhile, slashed prices and took the nation's lockdown as an opportunity to roll back production. It is also trying to introduce uh, more incentives in December last year and is looking to develop a lower-priced EV, which could be on the road sometime in 24 and 25. So you know the market is evolving and so are its players. I think it's too early to attribute a certain EV company or its products to a very specific customer segment at this moment. Mm so it's all moving parts at the moment. And finally before we let you go Sheikha talk about uh, moving parts and uncertainties all eyes on Washington with the house set to vote on the US debt ceiling deal tomorrow to prevent this painful default. Uh, your thoughts on where this is going to go? Well uh, you know The Sunday agreement was already tentatively in place. Uh, yeah. It's been put up to Congress. We, I mean, house, house view here is we are not expecting any surprises. Uh, it still remains that the debt ceiling deal will be finalized and will come into fruition in the first half of June. 
And our global market strategies believe that, you know, much of the good news related to this debt ceiling deal is already being priced in by the U.S. equity markets, given the recent rallies that we have observed. Mm. And the fact that U.S. Treasury 10-year bond yield is heading towards 4% and the fact that oil prices are rising as well. Mm, okay. Thanks a lot, Shaker. That was Shaker Jaiswal, Head of Equity Research at RHB Bank Singapore. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Thank you, Tintin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.